Welcome to the Roll for Crit podcast. We're here with you, excited to talk about board, card, and all tabletop games, role-playing too. We've got news, discussion, play session reports, all kinds of features on today's show. Hey everybody, my name is Jonathan Estes. I'm Will Keeler. We hope you're all having a good Lunar New Year, and apologies to those who are in the board game manufacturing, and if you weren't able to get your items in time to be made. Oh, so you went Lunar New Year, I was going to go Groundhog Day. Which is uh, the, which I, is today? <laughs> I, I think the Lunar New Year is a bit cooler than a Groundhog. I I have to disagree. There's not a there's not a good Lunar New Year movie that I know of. <laughs> I, think, maybe, I think maybe not a movie, but as, in terms of a holiday. Oh, I just think that elevates the status. <laughs> We're off to a good start today. Uh, we, as I said, have a lot of things to discuss. But first, you know how it goes. We're going to have some fun adventures with our podcast mascot, the Asimar Bard we created in Dungeons and Dragons, known as Roland F. Criterion. Now, last time we left him, he was recruited by a citizen in a new city where he is a fugitive now after having burned a guard alive accidentally. Uh, But he's been informed that the guards of this town are corrupt and the citizens are under siege. And in fact, this uh, mysterious stranger wants to uh, re- recruit him, which he did for s- in exchange for some money. He managed to get some uh, some gold out of the deal uh, to help out their band of freedom fighters. And this week, uh, this this stranger has the first mission for Roland, which is to break one of their fellow freedom fighters out of the local prison. Now they're all set up outside, out back. Uh, of 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 this it's just a small i shouldn't even say prison it's a jail really it's just a like a two cell deep little jail station this is not a huge town or anything like that uh so it's a small little building they're out behind it in an alleyway sneaking and plotting and they want roland to come up with a plan to to somehow get their fellow companion free from the cell. We don't know how this is going to work, which is why we need some help. We have with us today joining our party friend and roll for crit producer Ivan Hahn back on the show once again. Hello. Hello. How are you? Uh, how you guys doing? Doing good. Oh, are we, all right. So are we breaking out Otis from the, the jail? <laughs> it's Otis or um, I don't know, any Western kind of a, mm. a kind of a scenario, I suppose. I had to look up his name. I, I also found out he has a last name as well. Otis Campbell. Is it not a Spunkmeyer? Who's Otis? Is that a thing? That's a cookie manufacturer. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, well, either way, maybe they're related. So is that how names work? It's, that's, it's my first name. It goes either way. I've, I've heard it goes either way. Anyway. Uh, anyway. So what, what do you got? What should Roland do? Ivan, what do you think? Anything. Ooh. World's your oyster. He could, he could brute force cunning. Well, does, does he have uh do they have um, lock picking skills? Hmm, that's a good question. I do not believe Roland has proficiency in lockpicking, nor does he have a lockpicking kit. So I, I don't he would, he could technically try it, but I'm not sure what he would use to do it. Now, tell me more about this this jail cell. Uh, since it's back in the day, I'm sure it's just like bamboo and wood and string. <laughs> back in the day. Back this, in the day. Yeah, this takes when place. Bards in... <laughs> roamed with Asimars existed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, it's a it's a it's a small building. I would say it's uh, it's made of stone. It's a stone okay. building. What are the bars made out of? Oh, they're they're made out of metal, but it, it's it, you know you might be able to check them for weaknesses in terms of how they're positioned in the you know, fixed into the floor and ceiling. Let's, let's do that. 
let's let's see how weak these bars are on this on this jail cell. All right, so are we assuming that you've you've broken inside and you, you've waited uh, for a <laughs> you've waited for a like a lunch break or something? <laughs> yes, I'm fine with that. I'm actually I'm sitting in a closet watching the guards go around and I'm timing it, just like in any modern video game. All right, great. Why don't uh, uh, why don't we have Roland make uh, I guess a perception check to see if he can find a weak point in the bars? All right, away goes the die. Ooh. Uh, that would be a three. Oops. Not a great roll. That's a, no. he has a plus four to that, which is still a seven. Uh, now I think Roland, so he's, you know, he's checking the bars and there he's is confirmed their cylinders. <laughs> there, there <laughs> is one in fact, that is a little bit loose, uh, that might be enough to try to squeeze somebody out of, but it would take a while to, to get it jarred out. And as he's trying to adjust it, the town sheriff comes in and catches him red handed and is like, Hey, what are you doing here? (laughs) And I guess we're going to have to wait until next week (laughs) to see uh, how he handles facing off against the town sheriff. If he tries to fight him head on or, or just lie or uh, I don't know, he could do anything. It's D and D. They should really put a wet paint sign up on those bars. Mm, yeah they should red-handed there's paint on them i'll just leave that's very funny uh yeah this is a this is not this wasn't a great role for roland what go figure anyway we'll check in with him next week hopefully he gets it out of this out of the scrape okay let's talk about news because once again there are a fair few interesting news stories in the news roundup news roundup speaking of westerns Yeehaw. Uh, we are going to start with a story that is kind of tangentially related to board games, but it's one of those situations where it, it feels like a board game. It feels like a brother of a board game, and that is Wordle, mm-hmm. which I think has come up on the show briefly here and there. I feel like we've mentioned it. I don't know, but everybody listening knows what Wordle is because it's a craze now. It's a simple website wherein you're trying to guess a five-letter word. You have six guesses to do it. And every time you try to guess a word, it'll tell you uh, if any of the letters you guessed are in the word. uh, And if they are, whether or not you got them in the right position. Kind of like the old game Mastermind, but with letters. And there's just one a day. So you do one each day, and then you can share your score and keep your stats and all this stuff and try to do as well as you can. And it has been revealed that the New York Times has purchased Wordle. They are now the owners of Wordle. They bought it from the creator whose name is Josh Wordle with an A. (laughs) That's his real name. It's not a joke. Um, They purchased it. We do not know how much uh, it went for. They said in the low seven figures. So I've got to assume that's a a few million bucks right there, uh, which is, uh, you know, it's more money than I have. We'll put it that way. And uh, we do not know exactly uh, what's going to change in the near future. They they said, quote, initially it will remain free. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it will always be free, but presumably they are, they are going to move it over to the New York Times website and uh, infrastructure and it'll be kind of part of their suite of puzzles and games and such. So, Ivan, I know you're a big Wordle head. <laughs> oh, rude. Don't you dare call me that on a public forum. I'm sorry. I take it back. Uh, any Does does this change anything for you in, in ter- terms of your love and, and 
enjoyment of Wordle, or do you think it will in the future? I mean, it's it's going to definitely be behind a paywall. Uh, the New York Times crossword puzzle app charges you every day or for per subscription to play these uh, these bigger crossword puzzles. So that's the scarier part of this. But I mean, it's not okay. If I lose Wordle, oh, well, somebody's going to make a copy of it anyway. I got news for you. There's like a dozen other copies already. Yeah. <laughs> Which and some of them, you don't need to wait a full day to play again. Uh, that, that's the interesting part of this is th- this is not a it's not like this is a copyrighted patented game in terms of its mechanics. Right. They're really buying the brand here. Which is weird because it's a it's it's basic. It's mm-hmm. okay. If somebody wants to remake this, they just make it a seven letter word or, or a four letter word. And it's the same game. Well, maybe not four letter words. <laughs> well, but you know what I'm saying? But yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if, for me, I'm like, yeah, if I, if I'm Josh Wordle, I'm, I'm jumping at this chance before oh, they yeah. realize that they messed up. <laughs> well, also this game is fairly brand new. Yeah. And it's being bought out already. Like yeah. that's the amazing part to me. Right. Usually well, they you know, see the New York times. It's looking at its rivals, Microsoft buying Activision <laughs> Blizzard, Sony uh, buying Bungie. And they're like, you know, we got to get on on this and show them who's boss. Yeah. I mean, we, and I mean, we've talked about it a lot lately, even uh, in the board game world too, Asmodee being bought out. Right. It seems there's something in the water right now. Companies are really trying to round up more companies. Well, because <laughs> all pretty much all the anti-monopoly laws are, have no teeth never existed i've <laughs> yeah. been anti-monopoly for years get that <laughs> yeah. game off the table <laughs> if only that was the real law now uh, i was yeah. talking to um my fiance danny about this and it's it's weird that companies nowadays aren't in the long haul so like macy's and sears back in the day when they decided to become a company they're like oh we want to do you know be a company for the next hundred years 50 years now the name of the game is build a company get bought out as soon as you can to start the next company. Right. Part, yeah. Part of the problem is because the companies back then that said we'll be around for a hundred years, they're around. And we've already seen examples. The obvious one that always comes up often is Amazon with, I think it was diapers.com was it called where they're like, Hey, we want to buy you. No, we like our site. Okay. We're just going to undercut you and ruin you. Then we'll buy you. Right. Mm, yeah. What's well, interesting in this case, it's not, you know, we're talking about companies, but right. this is just a, it's just a website. <laughs> it's just one guy's it's, game. And it's and, a pretty simple product as well. It's it's not yeah. like a graphically heavy game. No. It's now, not anything complicated. The comment about how it's going to be free for now and then but paid later. It's definitely whoever said that has not looked into why Wordle's popular. Right. Mm. The reason why this game has been so successful is because when you play it, it's very simple. As we said, it's just the, uh, what's the, the guessing game with words. But once I have my score, I can share it to Twitter or Facebook, wherever. And someone else can be like, Oh, what's that? Click the link. Oh, I'm playing now. And I'm using the same score, the same words. So I get to see what they have and we can compare. So you can be like, Oh, I beat you today. I did worse. This, but it's because it's free and just so simple. Uh, By putting it behind that paywall, you're pretty much, I, yeah. I think that will kill like 80%. To be clear, we should say, they said will initially remain free, 
that doesn't mean they 100% will make it paid at some point. I think they're right. just leaving their options open. Fair fair enough. I'm just maybe being a bit pessimistic. I hope they realize that because that is the reason why people like the game. I mean, there's, there's more ways. I, I could see something. Obviously, just ads would be one option. Another option could be maybe it's still one game per day, but if you pay, you get a bonus game each day or something That's like that. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Right. That um, would be better um, like if they put the whole thing behind a paywall yeah you know it's some people are i think pretty unhappy about this i was talking to someone who's saying you know this is going to really whether it's paid or not like they're going to alter the structure of it it's it's a big company they said like in a year from now it's not going to be the same thing and my response was i don't think i'll be playing this game in three months <laughs> whether or not it got bought at all well it's I funny do- that you say that because i was going through my phone because my uh, hard drive is getting full and it's full of these types of games that i'm like oh this looks interesting let me play it two weeks later i'm like oh i forgot about this game does anyone think- remember hq right yeah, which was a phenomenon, which was purchased Remember by another massive company. I don't that, know the quiz game that was daily, every day live, and you tried to answer it on your phone. And uh, yeah, it's, oh, I remember that. I remember I didn't like, I didn't do it because I didn't like. The- well, nobody does it anymore because these things I, tend to not thing, have a long yes, shelf but I do feel like this game could fit more, and why the New York Times purchased it, like the crossword puzzle. Yeah, right. Yeah, I you think know. I like I think that will people will still play it, but it, it's it's going to be another month, and it's not going to be like it is now, where just everybody talks about it constantly. I'm seeing Wordle <laughs> scores posted, uh, so I personally I feel like if I'm the New York Times, I don't understand why they don't just come out with New York Times word puzzle. Like they could do the same thing. Is the name Wordle that valuable? Yes, I guess yeah. their lawyers and accountants agree and think it yes. is, but. It's about millions of dollars. I don't know. But what do, again, what do I know? Because <laughs> all they're most likely what they're just buying is the buzzword Wordle. They could probably they probably already made their own version of this game for their app. Because right. a lot of the um, if you use the, the New York Times app on your phone, there's a few copies of other word games out there. Mm-hmm. So they probably they just need that word to bring people in. <laughs> they just need that Wordle. That Wordle. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. And anytime you're searching for Wordle or talking about Wordle, it'll bring you back to the New York Times. And I guess now, that's valuable. Let me ask you this. Have they announced a Wordle tabletop game yet? <laughs> it'll be coming. It'll be coming soon. I'm pretty sure one of the last episodes I was on, we were talking about the guy who creates New York Times puzzles put out a board game. Oh, Will Shorts. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, it'll be like, uh, I mean, Letter Jam is kind of like Wordle the game, <laughs> Wordle the co-op game in some ways. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's there's versions of that. And I bet we're, if not an official one, I bet we'll see a few Kickstarter knockoffs. Oh, absolutely. I'll be right back. <laughs> really an idea. <laughs> uh, yeah. Why haven't I developed a, th- this concept is not that intricate of a concept, even from a programming standpoint. Like it's a, like you said, it's a simple game, right. man, to just make this. And a few months later, you're a millionaire. What a, what a thing. Oh, <laughs> see, because uh, we're lazy. Because <laughs> yeah. I have ideas written down all over my desk. I'm never going to do anything with them. Yeah, That's weird. They... You just write them on your desk, not like write them on my desk. I nope. recommend paper. I, I recommend. <laughs> oh. Paper. Uh, well, anyway, that's Wordle. I also, I, you can try out the next big craze, which is Tailertle, 
Do you guys know about Tail Ertle? No. No. <laughs> Why do you sound so dismayed? Because <laughs> this sounds like a dad joke coming up. <laughs> no, it's not a dad joke. It's a real oh, website. It's a it's Wordle. Only all of the words are Taylor Swift themed, and every day there's oh, a different. Uh, it's the exact same thing as Wordle. So if you don't want to if you don't want to play Wordle anymore, if they put it behind a paywall, just play Tail Ertle. Honestly, <laughs> you would get money for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey. That's it's a, it exists. It's a thing. You know, the biggest joke is, uh, why did you invent something new? Just find something that's working now and put a clock in it. Yeah. And it'll yeah, sell. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah. Why are we trying to be? Yeah. Let's just invent something that exists. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> Much easier that way. Speaking of inventing things that already exist, Pathfinder is, has a new spin coming in our next story. Pathfinder, of course, is a role playing game from Paizo. It's been around for a little while now. And it's been announced that they are forming a partnership with Gale Force 9 publishers behind uh, Firefly and several other licensed games that have come out over the past few years. And they're going to be making Pathfinder and Starfinder based board games. Starfinder, the sci-fi version of the Pathfinder RPG. Three specific games all slated to come out this year. The first one that we know about uh, should be sometime in Q2, quarter two of this year, is called Level 20. The concept behind this one is that uh, everyone is playing as a kobold, and you're trying to run away from a fighter who is only needs 5 XP to he- reach level 20. So they're trying to kill all of you. They only need to kill one, and you're trying to, um, you know escape and be the last one standing before they can level up i think that's a pretty funny concept um we're not we're really we're the D people as you can tell from the beginning roland is created in D, not pathfinder but ivan any uh, any love for pathfinder or any of these games seem sound like they might be fun to you level 20 since that's the one we know about i don't have we ever played pathfinder we've never we played have pathfinder, not no. uh i will say this is one of those times when i got the base book. I'm like, you know what? I'll look into this, see how it happens. And within like a month, maybe even a week, they announced the, the, two, the second edition. It's mm. like, <laughs> when, well, when, when did, when did you get that? Wasn't that like five years ago? <laughs> yeah. No, this is <laughs> okay. right. Whenever they did the second edition announcement. Yeah. yeah so it's was... like, it, it, it's, it's pointless. Just... <laughs> yeah, they... <laughs> Gave up on the spot. It's done. <laughs> he threw it right into the fireplace. <laughs> no, I just threw it on the set. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the only thing that I know wasn't Paizo the the group that was having uh, union issues recently. Yeah, they for they formed a union. Yeah. Okay, that's as much as I know. Yeah, for the first time. Uh, well, it's I mean, it's essentially it's a fantasy world. The original Pathfinder is really based on I believe it's D and D version three point five. So yeah. it's it's kind of like for people who didn't like the direction later D and D versions took this sort of said that that's like the version people really liked with, with some of their own twists and lore on it, but that's the basis for it. But mm-hmm. essentially, you know, it's a, it's a fantasy world. Like if you're familiar with D and D, you can, I think you'd pick up on Pathfinder pretty quickly. Now are they, because I've known that we've gone to a bunch of panels and whatnot at Gen Cons and other conventions. How big are they compared to D and D? I think they're a strong number two. Okay, I mean, which you know is not saying much because in terms of RPG market value, D and D pretty much kills it's, everything. But right, they're certainly they, number they, two. Yeah, they're they're still very big. Uh, I mean, ignoring recent Gen Cons, you know, usually they're not hard to find. You'll find a very large purple and black checkered right. board. You know, yeah. and 
they have plenty of, well, at least the first edition. I don't know how many for the second so far, but had plenty of books. So they they weren't hurting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Will? Excited about a Gale Force 9 Paizo partnership? I think so. I think some of these games can be a bit more interesting, especially when you with someone that, uh, for the most part, we're we're we've had some issues, but overall, we do tend to enjoy Gale Force Nine. I mean, this level twenty one in particular sounds hilarious. It sounds like something level you twenty. Would, let's not go level overboard. twenty. Sorry, <laughs> wow, I mixed that up because you uh, the enemies are nineteen. Um, but level you're nineteen. 20, <laughs> give, oh, oh yeah, you're right. You, you play as the enemies. Sorry, I'm getting yeah. confused. Go ahead. Uh, you that it gives an, it's not just look we're taking the tabletop experience playing it like it's the same thing but as a card or board game you're playing as the enemies so to speak right yeah they're you not know, doing so like a it's not like Pathfinder the board game it sounds like they're taking aspects of Pathfinder and splitting them up into different types of games mm-hmm. which I think is you know when you have a universe that's that rich and has that much going on in it it's a, a, probably the, a better way to do it. Certainly, from a profit standpoint, it can well, that's also D and D has done that as well. There was a Dungeon Dragons board game spinoffs, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, same thing. There's not a, there's not really one D and D the game board game. It's different. Pathfinder, right. what Pathfinder really needs to focus on though right now is they just need to find one Netflix show to take them and talk about them in their show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they really, they really do. That, that's the next Squid Games. <laughs> they, they, they need a critical role for for Pathfinder or something. Oh, I was thinking uh, Stranger uh, Things. Stranger yeah, things. I know, but okay. I, I took it to the other place too. It's... Well, and then they could start selling our stuff at Hot Topic. <laughs> I mean, D and D really does have the mind share. I mean, it's most people think D and D is the only RPG that exists. Right. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's well, impressive. yeah, it's part of it is it was the I don't know, but like it feels like it was the first big one. And it was the one that got into every like really the one like when you watch shows and they're making a joke, especially like, you know, 80s about nerds and stuff. It's it's usually like, you know, like uh, Drake's and deep holes or something you know like it's all D puns or like <laughs> drakes and d oh that's your fake name for a D. yes game. drakes and deep holes i couldn't come <laughs> up with another d yeah that now, was um that was really bad <laughs> now i want to go buy a drake's cake thanks <laughs> uh yeah well, well maybe we'll see that in 20 years because pathfinder wasn't around until I don't even know if it was in the nineties might've been not till the two thousands. Hmm. You need, you need the nostalgia cause you're making a show about the eighties. There's no pathfinder yet. Right. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so we'll see again, those are all slated to come out at some point this year. Uh, one in each quarter, it looks like, but who knows when they'll actually come out. Uh, next we're going to talk about IDW again. We had a heard last year that their board game publishing arm was dwindling in fact it was closing completely but this was just kind of leaked out of a profit report of a financial report and the details were sort of mysterious now idw has come out and made it a little more official of course this is a company who would do a lot of licensed games they also have a whole comic book division so they don't just do board games and they they came out and said that last year they were really dialing back their board games and going forward, they're only selling out the the products that they currently have. So they're officially out of the game. They are not producing or manufacturing any new 
board games in the future. And uh, it looks like part of that uh, comes from a report, maybe maybe part of the reason they're struggling a little bit. They had a couple of big licenses from Hasbro, namely G.I. Joe and Transformers, uh, which I don't know. I don't think they had the board game licenses, but they were doing comic books and stuff from those. And they are losing those. That contract is going up, which is apparently going to be a pretty big loss for them in terms of profits. So this that could be a reason as to why they're scaling back in other areas. Uh, so now we know, and, and knowing is half the battle. <laughs> um, anyway, I didn't. That was unintentional. Um, I could definitely see this as something that was written on the walls. Is that a saying? Sure, yeah, that's, sure, that's it. It is now. I said it um, because every everyone is getting their own titles back. So, like, th- they reskinned a lot of games or made a lot of um, IPs into games. But now, like, Marvel can just make their own games. They're, they're big enough now. Or other companies are able to just buy their own. Or, um, like, the, the Funko company buying, you know, doing a whole game division. Yeah, I think mm. part of it also is, especially these bigger companies with these classic licenses, you know, they don't want to end up with the Spider-Man problem. You know, where they permanently licensed it out right. to someone else to make the money even though like the stories are well received, like the com- for example, the Transformers comics I know for were ver- from IDW are well received. People want action figures of those specific versions of the characters. But I can imagine Hasbro being a big enough company to want to be like, we can make our own stuff and make people come to us. Do you think Hasbro is going to be making their own comic books now? I feel like they might just license it out to somebody else. I don't know if they're in that business. I thought they did. I I don't. I know they have a Magic Gathering comp, but I don't know if that, like you said, if that's licensed out. I do think, though, they're going to be more controlling of the contract would mm. be more of the thing. Maybe they just want, yeah, they just want more control. They want more, more say in what like, exactly it is. Right. Because for example, what I just said, like for going to the Transformers one again, for example, the designs are much more unique. But now Hasbro might be like, look, these character designs need to look like what the toys we're releasing right now mm. or the game we're releasing right now. Yeah, what well, so is funny more, if you uh, synergy, <laughs> I guess. Right. Yeah. What's well, if funny. you look at the Hasbro comic book universe wiki, it has IDW and Hasbro. So Hasbro might just be their own comic book manufacturer at this point or publisher. I don't know. I mean, that could be, I have no idea why I haven't looked into this or what the legal stuff is, but yeah, it could just be like, well, we license it to you. So our name goes on the publishing page because right. we own it. Uh, but I, I can mean, see them doing it themselves. Maybe, yeah, they they might want to. I I don't know. Uh, I'm just I'm just I was just curious to check because you know Hasbro. With, I mentioned the magic one is done by Boom Studios, but I don't know mm. if that's owned by Hasbro. Mm. Yeah, I don't or know. not yet. <laughs> not, yeah, why didn't Hasbro just buy IDW? But anyway, uh, we now know for sure we will not be seeing any more IDW games. So if you're a fan of any of their licensed products, they did Nickelodeon stuff, Ninja Turtles, Batman, all kinds of things. Um, those aren't going to be coming out. So say goodbye to those. I, and I also think that IDW was just kind of uh, not very good at managing their <laughs> board game properties. So maybe that was true of their comics as well. Maybe that's why Hasbro didn't want to renew whatever that contract was, is maybe they just weren't doing a good enough job for them. I right. don't know. Now, IDW, did they make any of their own games that weren't? on based on ips i they might have had a couple 
I think they, they I, but they think they did mostly focus on licensed games. Which at some, if you base your business model around that, eventually you're going to fold because, especially like I was saying in this day and age, everyone has the ability to print their own stuff now. Well, it seems to be working for Gale Force 9 still, who we just talked about. <laughs> they pretty much do uh, mostly just licensed games. But, you know, I don't know. Yeah, they, they do have a few original games, but those aren't really, I don't think, the ones that made the money for them. And I wonder if the whole supply chain issue was a big part in this. Uh, yeah. I feel like we were seeing a lot of signs involving IGW before Okay, uh, everything I mean, there were still supply chain issues, but the recent events sort of showed them off. But I, I'm, I think I did. We had plenty of other problems beforehand. <laughs> There's more than enough problems to go around. We don't need to pinpoint <laughs> just one. <laughs> I'm sure they all played some part in it. Uh, all right, let's. We talked about Pathfinder already. I want to talk a little bit about Dungeons and Dragons. We already knew that they are in the works on both a D and D TV series and a movie. And we had found out the movie's going to have Chris Pine in it and all this stuff. And I believe the show is going to have scripts written by the writer of John Wick. Now we know also who's going to be, I don't know if he's officially uh, the showrunner, if they use that term, but he's going to be the executive producer. And he's also going to be writing and directing at least the first episode of the upcoming Dungeons and Dragons show. And that man's name is Rawson Marshall Thurber. This is a guy who most recently directed the movie Red Notice on uh, Netflix with The Rock and and uh, some of those other folks. He also directed uh, the other Rock movie, Skyscraper, among other things. And now we know he's going to be pretty much overseeing uh, this show, which it's not really made specific or made uh, blatant in the announcement. But I think that means he's going to have at least some influence into the movie as well, because it sounds like they are trying to build sort of a universe because that's the thing. And I think they are going to have some level of uh, connected nature between the different uh, filmed versions of this property. Uh, Ivan, you got any, are you, have you seen Red Notice or Skyscraper or We're the Millers? No. (laughs) But Red Notice is on my list on Netflix because they kept advertising it to me and throwing it down my throat. So I figured, why not? (laughs) That's a a place to throw it. (laughs) It it Um, looks like it worked. Exactly. Uh, I've heard nothing but terrible things, and I thought that as the trailer made that movie look really bad. Oh yeah, which is <laughs> I, probably also why I want to see it too. I don't even remember seeing the trailer. That said, my this is my first question, Jonathan. Does that uh-huh. mean we're going to be seeing be seeing The Rock in this? <laughs> he's he's been in a lot of projects, so uh, he could show up. He hasn't been announced yet, but if there's more spinoffs and movies of different versions of D and D, that could happen. Well, no, the the main person that needs to be in this is the man who plays D and D himself, Vin Diesel. I know. I mean, he should be, he should like, obviously be in there. Come on, get get him in there. Or what about? Uh, we're just gonna get everyone like all the famous people who said it, like Jeff Goldblum, Matt Mercer. <laughs> well, no, uh, Joe Joe Manganiello. That's yes. his name, right? Yeah, he's he's a D and D guy. Um, but yeah, and I also, I will say I did see Skyscraper, which is also a very bad movie. Why? Yeah, I don't rec- remember you being very positive. This was back that. during the movie pass days. I didn't have to pay for oh, it. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, now, so, so I'm not, uh, this doesn't fill me with hope. I'll say that. <laughs> my next question, uh, did, I don't, uh, maybe I missed it. Did it say where it was streaming? Uh, I don't think we know yet what platform or network it's going to be on. The reason uh, why I ask, I'm curious because I believe, yeah, it's out now. The 
Vox Mechanica, the mm-hmm. the Critical, Matt Mercer, Critical Role animated series on mm-hmm. Amazon. So I wonder if it's that means we're going to see DnD stuff on Amazon, or if it's going to be like they're going to spread it all out and see what. I don't uh, think or, I think they're two totally like even though it's based on Critical Role, maybe I maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think they mention D&D in that show like I don't think it's associated with Wizards of the Coast or anything I don't know because that was one of the things I thought about the show because I know it's his own world that he created yeah. but like it's still used I assume he still uses like Green Dragon or yeah but that but, stuff's you know, not co- like you don't can't, I'm curious like in D&D wonder, is copyrighted <laughs> it's it's like all just ripoffs of Lord of the Rings <laughs> like what about Beholders are they uh, I feel like that's I think you could just call them something else, <laughs> honestly. I'm, I'm just curious. Like, I wonder how much control and that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, I don't I don't think that's tied to, to D&D. So I don't know that that is a, a sure. In fact, if anything, I would guess Amazon wouldn't want this because they've got Lord of the Rings coming up. And I feel like mm. they wouldn't. I feel like that's a lot of overlap. Now, the important question is how tightly based of a show is this on the 1983 Dungeons and Dragons cartoon? <laughs> I think well, it's a remake, direct remake. Perfect. Shot well, actually, it's going to be in the universe. It's not a remake. It's going to be the same <laughs> characters. And that, in fact, that's how the crossovers work. It's going to be like, you see, like if you're watching a TV show, you'll see them go into a tavern, bump shoulders with another adventuring group. <laughs> that adventure group's going to be the one in the movie. Like that is the crossover. Just like, well, because it's interesting because that, animated show was made by marvel productions back in the day and shown on cbs so i think that is being streamed on uh cbs all access or whatever it's called now or yeah paramount plus Hmm. i don't i never saw it (laughs) but uh this show will be this dnd show is coming with this guy at, at the head of it so i don't know I have no idea what to expect, really. I'm interested to see where they go with it. And, you know, TV is a different medium from these movies. So it's, it's not like, oh, this guy made a few bad movies, so he can't right. make anything good. But I, don't it know. Could, I mean, he would have a really good shot at just making it generic, <laughs> just making it a generic action show with D&D stuff in it. Yeah, and well, it probably do well. According to his tweet, he grew up playing. Uh, D&D. Uh, I thought so, it was end of sentence. He grew up playing. <laughs> he grew up playing. <laughs> so he says uh, he was the DM. Uh, he had a, he had a level 13 lawful good paladin. So I don't know. That could just be something some a publicist told him to say. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I just feel so many times I hear things like, yeah, I really like few like unless they're really obviously say something silly or like a whole experience. I'm like, yeah, you could have. <laughs> but I, it's not that outlandish that it's not outlandish but just the fact that you say it now when it's like okay to talk about D, like <laughs> yeah, yeah like even I mean, when vin diesel brought it up i don't feel like D was nearly as popular yet right like but, but also how often are interviewers like asking celebrities if they play D? well when no, I, i'm not thinking like d i'm being a bit more generic like if they're in the witcher show or in this like like whatever they're in an adaptation like they say, like, oh, yeah, I watched or listened or played that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just don't want to, you know, I don't want to slander <laughs> this guy and say he's lying about playing. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying, like, he, I'm just, uh, I, I, 
It could be. I have doubt. <laughs> but, I guess. You know, I'd really prefer. It if I'm, gonna, M- I'm gonna need him to do a deception. I'm gonna need him to do a charisma roll. Mm. I'd prefer if M Night Shyamalan directed this. That'd be one heck of a show. Yeah. What would the? Uh, I think he. I don't know. There's five different jokes like partially formed in my head, and I can't decide which one yeah. to go with. So uh, we'll just we'll just call it there. Uh, but we'll find out whenever this shows up and wherever it shows up. Finally, uh, there's some word announcements nominees for the Ador, the Game of the Year nominees in France, um, held at the International Festival of Games annually. To be honest, I don't. I didn't really know that these existed, <laughs> but we found out the nominees uh, for them, and I think it's interesting. I'll mention a few. A lot of them, of course, are things that maybe we don't know about. Some of them are also games that are like a few years old, but just different release dates in France and such. So for the Ador, which is their game of the year, Seven Wonders Architects is the most recognizable one that is up for the award, alongside Carta Ventura Lassa from uh, Cosmos. Uh, which would be like card adventures, something like that. And Happy City uh, from Cocktail Games. Uh, haven't played either of those. And they have, of course, a children's award, which includes My First Castle Panic, the kids' version of Castle <laughs> Panic. They've got a new category altogether, actually, this year, uh, which is the Initiate category, kind of their intermediate one, I think. Um, and then they have the Expert category, which has games nominated like Dune Imperium and Lost Ruins of Arnak, which won awards from from our perspective uh, a year or two ago so there's a few other games that i just am not uh familiar with we'll put links in the show notes people can check it out but maybe this is also a clue as to perhaps uh what some of the um spiel des yara's nominees might be this year particularly i think seven wonders architects hey we played seven wonders architects ivan we what do did. you think does it should it win game of the year i enjoyed that game quite a bit so yes because i played it yeah you heard it here first i I can't wait for the uh the spiel announcements like we have decided to nominate seven wonders architects because ivan han played it (laughs) it's my very close attention to uh he's on the panel i think i am yeah that explains a lot i have a stamp with my face on it and just a thumbs up <laughs> That's you know I woke up one day with one of those on my forehead, <laughs> but it, the thumb was down on mine. Uh, anyway, yeah, so I'm curious about these two games. So Carta Ventura looks like it's a narrative co-op game. I feel like Cosmos had so much success with Exit. They they have a few of these that are kind of in this genre now of trying to chase that that lightning of uh, you know these story narrative kind of puzzle games. And Happy City, I I don't know much about. It's it's a city building game that has looks like it has very colorful, cute artwork. Yeah. Uh, Will do you think any of these are uh, likely to be sh- spiel games? You think we'll hear about these more going forward, or is this a France specific thing? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, the problem is now I'm starting to think. All right, like, all right, Dune and Arnak have already come and gone, right? Yeah. Like, I'm those trying are, to. I'm doing time. Like those are gone for us. Uh. I think Inky uh, Inky's a slam dunk because it's from Sorry We Are French. <laughs> yeah, for everyone listening, that's Iki I K I. Yes, uh, which is a game that's set in Japan. That is yes, one of the publishers is called Sorry We Are French. That said, um, <laughs> I like that. I'm curious once again, like you said, the puzzle card games. That's always something that could be interesting and fun. The Seven Wonders Architects does feel like the you expect it to at least be nominated. 
Like it's just such a big thing. Yeah. And, and it wasn't a train wreck. Like mm. I feel like when something like that, you have to be a really bad game to not be. Um and I did enjoy playing it. Like, you know, I'm I surprised fun, that's not in but, the initiate game or whatever. Uh I think because they put that in like that's like the overall, that's like the spiel. Okay. And the initiate, like, just from what I can tell, it looks like they're like, they're supposed to be like a little bit more complicated. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't want to belittle the previous one. It's just, it's one of those things where you argue about like where things could go and how they should compete against each other. You know, we going back to when Wingspan won a lot and everyone was angry about where it was nominated. <laughs> yeah. And I haven't heard of any of the initiate nominees, which is why I didn't read any of them. <laughs> so I've but I'm curious about them. One of them's an Antoine Boza. Before. Yeah, that's Antoine Boza designer, guy who did Seven Wonders and many other games. So uh that's something worth looking at. Uh but they're um twenty twenty one releases somewhere, mm. wherever they came out. I don't know. <laughs> now, is there a board game tabletop game award that is like the top tier like the oscars or whatever that's like on everybody's lists oh if this game won the oscar for 2022 it's going to sell off the shelf you know go off the shelves quick yeah that's that's what the spiel is that's the spiel the zr is for sure okay so that's like a worldwide yeah yeah pretty much it, it, it is a german award but it has the most international acceptance which I guess basically like the Oscars in our country. Yeah, right, right. Uh, all right, so we'll find out. Uh, they're going to announce that uh, towards the end of February who the winners are, and we'll see what overlap there may be with the Spiel or other awards later in the year. Um, all right, now we're going to talk about Kickstarters. There's some interesting projects out there in the world of crowdfunding. Oh, this one looks uh, nice. It's nice. It's nice. It's nice. Yeah. So what about this one? Kickstarter. Kickstarter. So. Projects are out there on Kickstarter, and Ivan, you're up first. So tell me, do you have a pick? Oh, I do. It is hand to hand wombat. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, this is so weird because if anybody watches the video version of our news segment, this is where I usually stop editing. So I'm like, oh, the podcast is over. Oh, no, wait. There's still time to go. <laughs> you still got to keep going. We're not letting go. you go yet. So Hand to Hand Wombat is a social deduction and dexterity game by the Exploding Kittens company slash people who make the game Exploding Kittens. Um, It looks like a a really easy and I guess fun game for and it's 22 bucks. So it's easy to do. It's um, you basically four people at the table, two of them close their eyes, two of them build these stacks made out of square blocks and you all open your eyes at the end and whoever you have to, you have to argue with each other back and forth to see who built the towers and, and what other teamwork and, and troublemakers there were at the table. Um, right. It's kind of, it's kind of looks like those um, like when you're a kid, the toys where you like put a ring on the, <laughs> that's, what I was, the that's what I stumbled there because I was trying to think <laughs> of what those are called, but I don't know if they have a name to them. And, and and I guess like yeah, some people are secretly like they're trying to knock the towers down. Right. It, it's it seems like <laughs> such a weird money grab or reskin of a basic like a real basic game to me. Hmm. Um, it seems and that's like, why you picked it. <laughs> well, no, it seems like it could be real fun, 
But it seems like the the company was like, well, we need a filler game for this month. Let's put this on the table and see what happens. Because you could even tell by the price. It's 22 bucks. I mean, I would argue that's Exploding Kitten's entire MO. <laughs> that's how they make their oh, money. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I mean, yeah, but I would yeah. agree. That's Because also... Not that I disagree with you. I'm actually surprised. I mean, I guess they wanted to check in the Kickstarter, see how it feels. But this is the kind of thing that I, they could easily just throw on the shelves at Target, you know. Well, well that's, that's my thing. Everything that's, now. Well, yeah, I was just at Target today, and and the amount of the our Target has four aisles of just games now, which is bigger than most. I need to go to indie, your Target indie game stores. <laughs> We're um, not sponsored by Target yet. <laughs> not, oh darn it! But this game looks like a real good time for the younger crowd getting into board games or the, I, I don't want to say drunks, but the <laughs> drunks that you see, you know, playing uh, games like this would be a fun party game. I'm going to be honest. I feel there are so many good games. They're like, this is a great game for kids or drunk people who have the intelligence. Now <laughs> That seems to be like the case. It's like, it's great I for families or that. <laughs> well, but that's what, like if you go into Target, that's who they're going after. Is Drunk that people? crowd? No, no, but like <laughs> the family the, gamers, the family yeah, gamers. Yeah, no, the, I mean, there's the a huge gamers. It, at least, oftentimes I see like there's a all the exploding games are together and stuff, and that's fine. You know, that's the, the thing to go for. Uh, yeah. and this is, I guess, one where there's going to be what, what's probably nice about this too is while there is the the trader. It's since there's so much dexterity and chaos going, it probably won't be as much, um, I guess, worry and thought and trying to find out the traitor. You're just so <laughs> that's mainly a, 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 a pro for you. <laughs> that is. But I'm saying like that could be part. It's like it, it makes it more party. Yeah, right. I, I like the idea. I think it's a novel idea to combine social deduction and dexterity. Mm-hmm. I, I don't it's I'm having trouble imagining in practice how this game actually would go. I haven't watched any of, of the like previews or playthroughs, but um, I don't know, like, is the game just like, well, I felt that person's, well, I guess, you know, they're moving their arms, but, but are you like trying to right. listen for where something fell down from? I, I don't know what the game really is. Well, that's, that's why I couldn't there are play cards this and stuff, but I, I haven't looked into it. So that's why I couldn't play this with like some of our serious game gamers at our gaming group because like i feel like someone would be like oh i felt the table vibrate in this area it but it seems be, like know. that must be the point of this game like i i don't know how you avoid that right uh, or like i think that's part of it or like like i think the same people like you know who's moving their arms but yeah i don't know anyway I, I, what i imagine more is there's certain people in our group who i feel like if they get the trader they wouldn't hide their trader they just go go and they'd flip the table <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the reason why i chose this was because i liked the game uh the fuzzies game or whatever they call that <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. the fuzzies and but it needed something else to it where this game adds something else to it because like games like that and jenga are fun but there needs to be one step further and yeah, i feel true. like this might be doing it yeah i think you're right i think this could be a, a good dexterity game with that extra layer on it that makes it worth playing and i, I can't know. wait to see a giant version at the next conventions there you go it goes actually goes to six players this says but i don't know if that's uh yeah that's what the basic edition and they have uh 29 days to go and they're over almost 200 they're almost at 200,000 so good for them uh so that's that's hand-to-hand wombat 
Got to give them props for the for the name. They know how to title a name and title a game and sell it. That's for sure. Sure. Will, what's your pick? <laughs> so my pick is the trekking through history. I was supposed to say trekking through time, uh, but it is about going through different time periods, and it's it's a set collecting game, but it changes with each round. It's like you get a different itinerary, as they call it. So you might need to meet. Like one round, you may need to focus really on certain color or meeting famous people. While the next one, you need to focus on inventions or something. It looks like a really cool, fun, colorful game. And of course, it has one of the things I really like where on the back of these cards for like racing a chariot or something, it'll actually talk about like I have a little paragraph actually talking about, you know, why that's important or where that came up. So... And it's just like simple, but really colorful with that, I guess, learning experience kind of thing going on that uh, always tends to attract my eye. Yeah, I, I looked at this one, too. It's it's basically you're trying to build a timeline, choosing where to go in history. And each one like gives you different resources you're trying to get. But and you're also trying to you, ideally you want to build your timeline in order. So you want to have it in, um, you know order of, yeah. of years what's the word on chronological order i guess uh from earlier to later which is kind of interesting i did yeah i'm kind of in the same boat where i'm like this looks so the the artwork is great i love the design of it it looks beautiful it looks very inviting to play uh i i'm not sure if after a few plays how it, great the, like it does sound pretty basic it does sound like well i take a card hope I get the color that I want, but, and which maybe is fine. It seems like this seems like maybe it's a game that if I was a kid and this was in a classroom, it would be a great <laughs> kind I of, I think that would be a perfect thing. Context. Um, I will say, by the way, I don't I know if you saw this, but this is actually, it's sort of part of a series, a trekking mm. series. There's trekking the world and trekking national parks. Oh, I think, I feel like I remember the national parks one. That's yeah. Cool. I'm pretty sure in a documentary you watched the, they had the guy for that. Did we, we play the National Park once, or is that a different game? We You're have, thinking of no, parks. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, excuse me. I, and I will say, Jonathan, I agree with you, and I almost would say this is, I mean, this is one of those times where I have a little bit of a problem, but one of the big things that I think why you should back it is you're going to get a lot more replayability because the their Kickstarter exclusive, there's a Time Warp expansion, but that's not really a thing. There's a solo mode. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's going to be the like that's the big reason to back this now is to get that because that will I think help out a lot and I think that will I think it would make it makes perfect sense for a solo game like hmm. trying to collect certain things and take them out at least the times when I played solo games where you collect things like that it actually works pretty well yeah yeah well um I'm, oh, uh, and, I'm uh, yes I guess uh, it's going for or was going no it is still going for fifty dollars. I went down and saw all gone. I'm like, what? <laughs> they yeah, they added a new pledge. They yeah. changed the tier. That's why. Yeah, 50 bucks. I do like the look of it. And I do see, I didn't even know uh, Nick Bentley is the president of this studio. The guy who he worked on, he used to work for North Star Games, worked on Oceans. He also did, um, he does a bunch of like abstract designs and stuff. I, we've interviewed him before. We've talked to him. Uh, so that's cool. So, so yeah, maybe there's more game here that I'm uh, giving it credit for, but it, it does look awesome. <laughs> Just <laughs> literally visually. So that is trekking through history or yeah, through history. That's right. Trekking through, through trekking, time? I was going to say trekking across history. Okay. I don't know. I, well, there's I'm all kinds. Of <laughs> I'm very upset. There's no Star Trek in it. <laughs> well, well you know what? Version. That's the next. Damn. <laughs> Too slow. <laughs> all right. Uh, my pick this week, I'm going to, 
you know what? I'm kind of going to combine both of your picks. A little bit of social deduction, a little bit of historical context. That's cheating. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a game on here called Finding Anastasia. And this is based on the whole Anastasia thing where they were trying to locate the lost princess. You've all seen the classic Fox animated film, which I guess is now a Disney film. Uh, and does that make her a Disney princess? It sure does. It sure does. Uh, makes everybody a Disney princess. I think, I think I'll be one in a couple of weeks. <laughs> anyway, finding Anastasia is as the title would imply you, everybody is trying to find her. The way it works is everybody has a secret role, just like, you know, every hit and roll game. And one player's Anastasia. One player is the Empress. Uh, one player might be Rasputin or somebody else. And uh, everybody has a unique goal. So most people want to find Anastasia. Anastasia wants to be found by specific people. Uh, some other people, you know, want to help or hurt other players. They might be kind of working with somebody. Uh, but everybody is, is doing their own thing. And on your turn, you ask someone a question, which must be about a card in their hand. Everybody's going to have these clue cards. And the clue cards will tell you it's either a, a location or uh, the way that you're like your story or a trinket that you have. And you tell if you have the thing in their hands, let's say they ask, what's your trinket? And let's say maybe you have one of the trinkets is earrings then you have to you have to tell the truth and say you have earrings but there are also blank clue cards so you might not have every type hmm. so if you don't have the type they ask about then you're allowed to lie and based on what you say you're going to move your pawn to the matching location on the board which is going to give you gems and you get to spend those gems for different abilities on your turn so you might want to lie because there's an a spot that has a bunch of gems on it now, of course, there's ways for you to challenge uh, sometimes if you think somebody's lying. There's also abilities that will let you trade cards with people. And essentially, you're, you're trying to figure out who Anastasia is by how honest they are, perhaps. Or maybe they'll try to signal you in some way. Anastasia starts the game with a full three cards that have names on them, whereas everyone else just has a couple of blanks to start with. You can also draw more cards to try to get more information out of the game that way. I don't know if I'm explaining it that well, because there's, you know, there's a lot, there's, there's kind of a lot in this game, but I, I love the sound of it. It's kind of reminds me of a little bit like coup where everybody has a role that you can bluff about and, and different aspects you can bluff about, except whereas in coup, if somebody guesses who you are, you're dead or halfway dead. Hmm. Um, in this game, you actually want people to guess who you are usually, because if they reveal your card, you get a special ability and you're still in the game. Uh, the only concern is like if you're Anastasia, you only want specific people to be able to guess who you are. In fact, you can also spend gems to reveal who you are prematurely if you want to uh, use your power. So there's a, a lot of interesting uh, head games going on here where you're trying and there's not I like also that there's not exactly teams per se. Uh, everybody just kind of has their own goal. And it's not like you know, you're lying, but it's not like a, a mafia or werewolf where you're secretly betraying everybody. Right. You're all just kind of trying to gather information for yourself. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I totally think this sounds a lot more fun that way. I, uh, I That's more like I think Ku is the better comparison where it's like you are. Yes, you're hiding stuff. But it isn't a us versus them, and then surprise, I was backstabbing you the entire time. It's like, right? 
it, and I will also say just because uh, I mean, I can't help but think of the, the movie you brought up, how it's like this feels like an exact color palette flip. Like I imagine just dark and that and this is like white and bright and colorful. <laughs> Anastasia's movie is not that dark. <laughs> I remember being I mean it's all bright green and stuff, but I'm, I imagine <laughs> I want to also point out that the going up to 15 2. Yeah, 15 players and a solo mode as well. So <laughs> I mean that runs a pretty big uh, thing. It also the that says 10 minutes per player. So I guess if you're playing with 15 people, it's gonna be a longer game. Uh but I really like the look of this one. The more I read about it, the more excited I was about it. And again, unlike Coup, there's no player elimination. So that is maybe a, something in its favor. And yeah, it's got this very pleasant kind of watercolor looking art style. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of interesting things, I think, that could influence the decisions you would make in this game. Um, 35 bucks for the deluxe edition, which is the the only version that's on this they're calling it the deluxe edition uh they do have another higher pledge with some extra stuff there's like a nice play mat and all this kind of stuff if you want uh, but it sounds neat i'll also quickly mention there's another one i was interested in called i guess this is it which is another button shy wallet game uh but this is actually their first wallet rpg Ooh. So it's a micro game that fits in a wall that is just uh, 16 cards, I believe. This is a two-player role-playing game about two people saying goodbye to each other. Oh. And you come up with what your relationship was before and why you're leaving each other now and how. And then as you play cards, you're trying to like match up symbols that determine what kind of influence, what kind of prompts you'll say and uh, how fast or how long the game takes. So a novel, unique idea, and, I, and it says that it's their first RPG. They're going to do more wallet RPGs. So I'm pretty interested to see what they do with that. Uh, and that down. one, yeah, I guess this is it. That one goes for 10 bucks, I think, like all their wallet games. Did you end up picking, uh, playing the game you picked up at uh, PAX? Nope. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> nope, haven't played it yet. Got a few, right. got a few wallet games because I've backed a few of them, too, that I haven't had right. a chance to try. And uh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely now, want to. Do you also use them to store your money and credit cards? Oh yeah. Okay. So, so sometimes I get confused because well, I, no, I no, no, to... that's, that's the trick when like someone tries to rob you, you take that and they're like, mm. Oh, you just have a card game, but surprise you had your money in, in credit cards behind the car real cards all along. But it backfires when I'm at the store and I hand them a rule book. <laughs> <laughs> they frown upon that. They're yeah. like, we don't accept this anymore. Uh, any other projects either you wanted to shout out or we good? Uh, I will I say think... one thing overall. Uh, we've talked about how Zine Quest was pushed mm. on Kickstarter. The uh, indie usually this month they have indie Zine RPGs. And they moved it to August officially. There are still some Zines up there. <laughs> Clearly, oh, some yeah. people either well, didn't get the memo or didn't care. <laughs> I think that's honestly because if, I don't. I'm pretty sure didn't the Zine start and then Kickstarter said we'll help you out more. Like uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think the creator should just go. Yeah, we're we're still going in February. So I wonder now, like in August, are we even going to see any zines? I, like it's, it's not quite as dominant as I feel like it has been in years past, but there's a lot of zines peppered in there. So that would be well, hilarious if like most of the zines are released this month. Yeah, they just then, ignored them. And, and well, so uh, Gen Con comes around like, so what zines are coming out? It's not even like they're being ignored. It's just nothing. Nothing. Well, because a lot of these producers and, and developers probably had these set to come out in february and they're like well we're not just going to have it wait until another what four months right yeah I mean, they only especially because they, they only announced this last month <laughs> or right so, so 
Yeah. It's, if they, they had their advertising, not advertising, but like their stuff together. Yeah. That's wasted money at this point. Right. Right. Yeah. So interesting to see. There's some, there's some, there's some neat ones on there. I've seen a few mother modules or mothership, right? That's the name of it. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's the Kickstarter picks. You'll find links to them in the show notes. Let's talk about games we've been playing. Table Table talk. I haven't even played anything besides Wordle. Nope, but <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I've gotten around to game nights. But we are starting a puzzle. Oh, wow. We're starting. Uh, it's a puzzle I've had for a long time, actually. Uh, I think Will gave me. It's the uh, the Golden Girls puzzle. <laughs> that, there you uh, go. Jigsaw puzzle, to be clear. Jigsaw. Nope. Nope. This is not it, a. No, it's, it's not a. It's escape a Golden room. Girls escape. God, <laughs> escape room. You gotta be quick, man. I'm <laughs> I'm getting in there with these obvious jokes. If you let me. But yes, it's a it's a jigsaw puzzle that we're uh, we're we're starting probably tonight. Well, I'm I'm excited for you. I hope you have a good time with that. Because we update just update pictures. Because what was it? National Puzzled or National Jigsaw Puzzle Day was a few days ago. Hmm. So you know, I've got I I backed on Kickstarter. God knows when it's going to show up, but uh, there is a a series of puzzles that are like based on, or at least one of them. I think maybe there were different things. One of them was movies, but it's like um, a bunch of different. I don't know how to describe it. Like it's a scene of people doing different things, but they're all be uh, like a pictograph, like a clue of a movie title. Oh, like, like it'll be like a, I, I'm, I can't think of an, an example, but it'll, it'll <laughs> like, there's a lion wearing a crown and it's the lion King. You know, I, I don't know. It's, but you know, it's not like literally the a poster for the movie, but right. Well, can, it's like those super modern movie posters that, right. that company makes those. Yeah. And it has all it comes with supposedly there's like Easter eggs or, and they have like a checklist. If you can try to like find all the eggs, <laughs> the Easter eggs. Uh, oh, so cool. yeah, so that might be fun. Maybe when that comes, we'll, uh, I'll show that to you. Anyway. So uh, January 29th was national jigsaw puzzle day. Oh, okay. Good. Good. Well, I hope everybody at home celebrated. Well, yeah, we, we didn't even have a real game night last weekend because uh, there was snow coming in. It was a bit, a bit yeah. snowy out here. Mm-hmm. But there are still some things we've been playing. Well, it looks like you've been playing some uh, some digital stuff. Yeah. Uh, the first one I'm going to talk about, I've talked about, the, I got it before, but I actually tried it out, was Let's Play Oink Games. Uh, if you don't know, Oink Games is are these small games from Japan about, I mean, you can get them bigger now, but most of them were about like could fit in your palm. Uh, and this is a collection of four of them. It contains the games Deep Sea Adventure, A Fake Artist Goes to New York, Moon Adventure, and Startups. Now, I actually played all these solo. You can play everything but A Fake Artist Goes to New York uh, solo. Uh, it makes sense. Fake Artist Goes to New York is, is a social deduction game. I played Deep Sea Adventure and Startups. So Deep Sea Adventure, the way it works is you are all in a submarine and you're trying to gather treasure. But as you, the deeper you go, the more likely that you get these chips, you can't look at them, but at the end, they could be worth more points the deeper you go. But once you pick up a piece, at the start of your turn, you move the oxygen track down one for every treasure you're carrying. You also move one space less, you roll two dice for every treasure you're carrying as well, so you're slower. The oxygen is also shared. So someone else could eat up all the oxygen before you make it back to the sub. And if you don't get back to the sub with your treasure, you get nothing. 
<laughs> so this is very kind much like a clank. A little bit like that, except um, I feel like it's much simpler. You know, you're not, there's not mm. a bunch of, you're not deck building or anything. You're literally just like, all right, this person picked up a treasure or picked up two treasures. They're going to eat a lot of oxygen fast. So I'm going to just pick up this one and gun it. Got it. Um, and it's cute sound effects. It has like a watery effect over it. So I thought that was pretty fun. The startup one, I think I liked a little bit more. The idea is you are all buying and investing in startups like a stock market. And you gain points by having the most cards. You pretty much draw cards from either a deck or what people put out in front of them. But if you have less, you lose. So you don't want to invest in, in essence, invest in a company if you think you're not going to win it. But you, uh, you always have to play a card either in front of you to permanently claim and invest or to pretty much put in a public market. So it's this game sometimes of like, do I give this card up? Do I put it here? It's a cute, colorful little game. And this is definitely uh, this collection style I really enjoy and hope they add other Oink games to. And it's one that I think would be really fun to try out actually at a game night altogether. Did the you play it by yourself? Is there AI? Yes. Did you play AI, yes. All I mean, of it was... Was it like, is the computer good? Was it fun that way? Or did I've, it feel I've like... lost. I lost. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess good and uh, smart are two different things because they, <laughs> I don't know, they could cheat or something. Um, I'm <laughs> it not... was fun to play against. Yes. I felt, I mean, I'm not, maybe like if someone was better at these games and knew them, like, oh, they're doing a lot of simple moves. But, you know, for me, I was just like, because I never played, these. I was like, oh, oh, okay. Um, by the way, the one I didn't play that you can do so mood adventure is actually a cooperative version of deep sea adventure. From what I can tell in the settings for the let's play on games, it looks like that you will be able to, they'll add games later on. Like I can't remember what it is now, but I think there's like check licenses or something. And I like this idea of the system that you can buy, especially something like Oink games has a ton of games. And this is why if you've listened to our podcast before, uh, or the monthly roundup. This is the kind of system I would love to see with Pandemic. You know, something that has a large variety of versions of games where you can just like buy the versions you want in one nice digital collection. Yeah. And it's built for them. Yeah. That sounds good. Is that, that only on Nintendo Switch, I believe? I think that's the only place you can get it. Uh, I, you know what? I think so. But That's what uh, I'm saying. <laughs> now, the other one I'm pretty sure is plenty of places because it's a free-to-play game that I did. And that's mm. the Yu-Gi-Oh! Masters Duel. I did this one actually on PS5. And so it's... You got that real graphical boost for the Yu-Gi-Oh! game. <laughs> oh, you know it. But <laughs> when I downloaded this, I didn't... I, I saw it and I was like, you know what? I'll, it was free. I'll try it out. I thought it might have been a, like, a pared-down version. Like, not just like Magic Arena or something. The, the, like, not just the digital version of Yu-Gi-Oh! And I go through the tutorial and look, I have not really played much of the game or known since like the most basics. I think like, uh, you know, like polymerization stuff. So I don't know all this, like, what word did you just say? Polymerization. Isn't yeah. That I don't know what that means. So when they fuse, like, I don't Let's know, like speak as if I know nothing about Yu-Gi-Oh because I don't, well, they have a whole bunch of new crazy new mechanics now that I don't know, like X, Y and tuning and stuff. Sure. So I, I'm very Glad I know. old. Oh, well, I'm glad you know that, but <laughs> So I, I, as I've no, like, I had no evidence to think otherwise, like, okay, I'm going through tutorial learning things. 
this is a free-to-play game, you know, where you can spend money to get gems or earn gems through other activities. And one of the ones was to watch another game. I was like, yeah, you know what? After I did the tutorial, I'll do that. Why not? It costs me nothing. I can just see what's going on. And I proceed to watch one person, I swear, just play half their deck, like 30 cards. I just see like this, chain, 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 and win first turn. Yeah, isn't that how Yu-Gi-Oh! kind of works? (laughs) Yeah, that's how the regular one works. I'm like, okay, I'm guessing this just has the entire collection. You can just do those combos. Which, I got to say, is very terrifying for someone. Like, imagine if you aren't, like, know much about Yu-Gi-Oh! And that's the first thing you see. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm dirtling with dragons like, ooh, look, I played two creatures in a turn. That's really broken. Did you say you're dirtling? Dirtling, like, really slow or... I think that's the. Is that a word? Sounds sounds great. Is that is this a magic term? Uh, Oh god! It is a magic term. (laughs) That's why I don't know what it means. That's why me and Jonathan are sitting there going, "Well, Uh, I did not know it was actually a magic term." This is how you know you have a problem: is when you think that there are real words (laughs) that aren't real words. (laughs) Well, I guess it was appropriate to come up in another card game discussion. Uh, it looks like it's a combination of doddle and going durr. <laughs> That's okay. I, I, uh, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, are you going to get into Yu-Gi-Oh now? Is this, uh, is this your new thing? I don't think I'm going to get into it. I might mess around with it a little more cause it was free and just, just cause, but, um, like I said, it's a free to play version of the game, which I know I need to be very, always very careful around. And the, uh, I don't want to have to make game like play games where it's a coin flip who wins. Mm. The other thing I want to point out, and this is unrelated to me going, it's just it's just so obvious how much uh, Hearthstone affected the the card game landscape, especially yeah. digitally. I think if you took a picture, like before anyone played cards, of this Magic Gathering Arena, Runeterra, and Hearthstone, you would not be able to point out which game was which. <laughs> the battlefields look identical. Uh, that's, that's and I would never, I literally was looking like this doesn't look like a Yu-Gi-Oh board. Yeah, yeah, I would have thought Yu-Gi-Oh would retain has a pretty distinctive style, but y- you can buy um like uh, different battlefields. So mm-hmm. like when you play, you see a different thing, but. It's not. I I didn't really look that too much into into that stuff because I, I was like, oh, those are probably expensive, and I'm not going to play enough to uh, invest in that. I'm just going to buy packs. I mean, I will say early on, I felt like the ga- I had a bunch of stuff, but that could also be one of those things, you know, Jonathan, where um they give a bunch early on to get you hooked. Oh yeah, they got to start you off with some good packs. There is, by the way, a whole solo mode thing, which I do appreciate. Like it wasn't just tutorial and like, well, you got to play multiplayer now. Mm-hmm. So, like, there seems to be a lot more rewarding for those who maybe just want to play bots. And it seems like it actually has a story involved in, like, history of the characters or something. Which, to me, sounds pretty cool, and I do like that idea a lot. It could be more like... Because Yu-Gi-Oh! I mean, most card games have this, but Yu-Gi-Oh! You know, has archetypes. And if they actually made, like, you can learn what the the dragon wizards are or something. Or if they did one on the Dark Magicians... Like that really focuses on that, which would I think be very fun and maybe more rewarding to not just play I win dot EX. 
Yeah, I, that's my favorite card. But yeah, other than that, I guess that's Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel available now on probably any platform you have access to for free. So maybe worth checking out. Um, all right, I'll, I'll talk about a game that I played by myself because it's a game that uh, you gave to me to play because you already talked about it and played it solo style. A game called What Next? With a question mark from Big Potato Games. And this is a, uh, it's like a combination dexterity and adventure narrative game wherein you reveal cards that will tell you like this happens and this happens. You're trying to complete some kind of a quest. You read a story and then along the way, you'll have to try to complete some kind of a challenge and different events will come up and the challenges come in the form of different dexterity style games. So maybe you're stacking a tower and hoping it doesn't fall over. Maybe you're flicking a, a disc and trying to hit a certain spot on a board, or maybe you're reaching into a bag and trying to feel for a specific shape and pull out the correct shape. And they have all kinds of other ones too in there that are not, those are like the main ones I tell you about, but there's some that just involve cards and the box and flipping things around in all kinds of weird ways. And you talked about this game before, and uh, we were, we're probably going to have a review for it. And I was playing it to, to review it. And after I played it, I said, you know what? Uh, initially we were just going to have you do it. Cause you played it solo. And um, you know, we just have a lot of things in our backlog right now. So we, sometimes we divide the reviews up and uh, you can, I said, you can, you can just do it by yourself. <laughs> I don't uh, feel a strong need to uh, make my voice heard mainly because I think my thoughts on this about this game almost would be would derail a, a formal review because they're not specific, they're sort of almost tangential to the game itself in a way, uh, which is so I like I said, I played it solo mode and it does have a full featured mode for one player. You're, you can play up to four. In fact, some of the challenges, they actually have a solo version of them. So like the normal version requires another player, but they they made a whole extra card just for if you're playing by yourself, uh, which f- feels like to me like, oh, oh, that's that's really nice. They like put thought into that. I appreciate that. Uh, but personally playing it by myself, I really didn't find I, I didn't. I felt like if I had played this with two or three other people, I would might be having a good time. But there was something about doing it, these challenges just by myself and having to set a timer by myself on my own phone before I, uh, you know, tried to do whatever I was trying to do that it, it didn't it just wasn't fun to me. Uh, and maybe we can explore the why the psychology behind why that might be. But, but I also but I also will say uh, my first the very first attempt I made, I basically so essentially you've talked about it before, too. Well, there's a like blocks you have to stack. And if the tower ever falls over, you lose the whole game. You have to start over. And I think I agree with your assessment that it's like very hard to really stack more than maybe five or six of these, unless you're like really good. Yeah, no, I mean, five to me, five or six is impressive. (laughs) Three and four is like normal. (laughs) Yeah. I, I think I managed six, but my first game, it was like every card I drew just added one of those and I lost in like five cards <laughs> and I didn't, it wasn't a great first impression, but you know what was actually worse was getting almost to the end of the game and losing. Cause I re it really felt discouraging and I really didn't feel like I wanted to play it again. And again, I think a lot of that is from the fact that I was doing it by myself, that it just seemed like, uh, I got to like reach into a bag again. <laughs> 
by myself. I don't know. I feel like there's something about the nature of this, of the challenge-based dexterity game that I can imagine the fun of this, of being like, oh, which challenge do you have to get? And like rooting for your teammate and trying and hoping that they'll do it right. And when it was just me, it almost felt pointless. But but you had did have fun with it, I think, by yourself. I though, had so. a bit more fun, yeah, but I completely see where you come from because I actually tried it with someone else. And I have I need to just fin- edit the review. I have it all done and stuff. And so I won't say too much, but I really do feel the the perfect environment for this game, Jonathan, is more of like, I mean, going with what we were talking before, like a family experience because I feel... Mm-hmm. It provides enough. I feel if if I had kids and stuff, there's enough here for me to have fun. And with the dexterity elements, and I think you can go through a story and be a light thing. You know, I think kids are going to have fun. It's not like you're playing Gloomhaven where you have to have months to go through a story right. uh, and that you have three different ones. And I think that is really the, the target I would think like – I think I agree with you. I love that they had the solo thing in there, but I really would play this with other people sitting around. I think it does like, you're right. When I played it, I did do one again with some other people right before recording it. And it was a bit more fun just to watch them, Mm -hmm. you know, and and then me, you know, of course being like, I've played this before. I can do this challenge. And then I fail. (laughs) Yeah. There's something, I don't know what it is, but there's something about it being a dexterity based game. I think anyone who's played a solo game, Every once in a while, I'm not going to say I, I do this all the time, but sometimes it's like, oh, I, I died. And sometimes you're just like, you know what? You know, nobody's here to police me. I'm just going to pretend that didn't happen so I can keep playing the game. Dexter- that I mean, and there, there's something about the dexterity game, especially in this instance where. Look, I won't lie. I was when I was doing crits and misses. Part of me is like, do I mention that? De- I feel like. At this point, you know it's dexterity. It's a hit or miss for you, but <laughs> well, like, it's not even. It's not the fact that it. It's not that I don't like dexterity, but there's something about it that it feels like when I mess up, I, something in my brain says, "Well, you just like aimed a little bit to the left too much. Why not just cheat?" <laughs> it doesn't feel like I earned that loss. It just feels well, like well, because I think part of it is for you, for many people, especially in the board game area, which is why I think dexterity games have such a polarizing opinion. It's it's like I didn't lose because I I did I wasn't strategically wrong or something. Right. It's not it's like, like I the it's, oh, it was a wind breeze. It's like it's <laughs> like I wonder if the same it would be like a reverse effect in like people who are more like who play more like maybe pro in athletics because that's literally I mean if you think about right. it that's what like throwing a football is. It's not <laughs> right I'm strategically wrong. It's I need to know like my body and how to like the exact right. moment and the muscle tension. I I do feel. Like I brought, I brought up in the video too, that you know the fact that there's little story packs that just screams that for you know expansion stories, and I would love to see ones that they like with this system, like either add more pieces or like this one's designed for a little bit of an older audience. It's more escape roomy and stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And I think like I think this is like sounds like it feels like a great core system to expand on. Yeah. Well, isn't I- that why video games have save points? Right. You mess up. You just go back to your save point and redo that section instead of the entire video game. Yeah. Well, you see it, now a lot more people want like. that that risk to know that there's there are stakes <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah. So it was a weird thing for me because I there's so much about the game that I 
on paper I was I really liked, but playing it I, I didn't really didn't have much fun at all. So yeah, I would be interested in trying it with a group at some point. Honestly, but. Jonathan, I think you should give it another shot. Like when you visit and I know you won't actually fully play it because they're much younger, but like when you visit your cousins or something. Right, right. Like right. and I think that it would it's gonna it would just be like because even then, I think as a parent too, because it is a bit toyish, like you might stop playing and they're just like playing with the bricks and lining them up. And you're just like, you know what? You do that. You're having fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that game is what next? Look to our channel for a full review uh, from, from Will for his opinion on it. And uh, we also played some of the crew mission deep sea, hmm. uh, but we played the board game arena version of the game. Crew is a trick-taking game. It's won a lot of awards. They have this new version, Mission Deep Sea now, which is sort of the same rule set, but with new types of challenges in it. And I know, uh, Will, you weren't a huge fan. You don't really love trick-taking games. So I am just curious from playing the Board Game Arena version and also this new version of the game, which does have some differences, did it uh, sway you at all? Did it, did it make I you I was like it definitely anymore? more attra- attracted, I guess, to this one. I felt like I had a bit more fun than I recall playing the original crew. I don't know. Like you said, you said the challenges were different and maybe yeah. that's part of it that it ramped up faster. Mm-hmm. Um, of course I, I love the see the colorful see things and stuff. And, and it also probably helped that I did some really stupid moves that made some, for some great laughing moments. So <laughs> I, I, it definitely made me feel I need to give, well, the question is, do I give crew another chance or do I just say go deep sea is now I my think, question. I think either way, you're fine, honestly. <laughs> um, I, I, it seems like maybe deep sea has some more. Has some, I do think it has better content in it. But I think if you like one, you're going to like the other pretty much. Like, I, don't, I, I think you, you may like this one more, but it's still pretty much the same game. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe those tasks, new tasks are enough. The, my favorite thing about playing on Board Game Arena is just that you don't have to shuffle up between rounds. Because that really is the one thing, especially playing the crew. Those games can go quick. Uh, a round could last you between five and ten minutes. But then you have to shuffle everything thoroughly right. <laughs> every time. Well, can I want Because we were playing on Board Game Arena. What's actually really funny is which you can't do in the regular game mostly is the game knows when you, you can't win. Yeah. It, 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 the, the AI is smart enough. It tracks your status of completing your tasks. So like they know the cards in everyone's hands. Hmm. So whereas in real life, you might be still trying to win a, like another green trick or whatever. And you don't know that's impossible because you don't know what everyone has, but the game knows that. And they'll just tell you you're done. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is it was actually nice. funny though because there came up a moment where and i was like oh no we lost oh, wait we're still playing and we're all like because we all knew like what needed to happen because the challenge like how do how does this work and we did fail and then afterwards like oh right the extra card rule so like <laughs> we were all trying so hard to find out what does the computer know that we don't <laughs> yeah uh but a pretty fun version of the game uh, ivan i think you would like the crew it's a uh, it's a fun, it's kind of got a Hanabi style of like, you can't communicate. So you're trying to read people and play numbers correctly. I might be thinking of a different game, but I feel like we've played it together. 
Um, unless you played it maybe online with us. I mean, mm-hmm. there are there's like a dozen of these kinds of games with numbers and colors that you're playing. Right. So I can't be 100% sure. I, I don't remember playing with you specifically, but it, I could oh, be wrong. I don't know. I don't know. But it sounds familiar. Anyway. Anyway, those are the games. Uh, before we leave you, everybody, this week, we're going to play a board game game. You guys ready to play Password? Board game edition. That's this week's board game game. I have a series of board game related terms. They're all one word only. And I, you will be alternating. I will be giving clues to you also in the form of one word. And then you will have to guess what the terminology is. Just like regular password, if you've played it before or watched the TV show, I uh, will start with one of you say a word, you get a guess, then the next player gets a word and a guess. Okay. Rules make sense to everybody? Yes. All right. Also, RIP to Betty White, who is always on Password. Oh, there you go. Her, and her husband was the original host, Alan Ludden. See, we, we got Golden Girls. We, you know, we're all, <laughs> it's, this is an honor. It's a tribute <laughs> episode. So, uh, Ivan, do you, for the first game, do you want to start or go second? You'll get a first guess if you go first, but the, it might be harder with only one clue. So that's that's your choice. And then we'll alternate. How are we getting the words? Are you texting I, them to us? I, no, no. I'm going to. I'm. You're both going to hear it. You're both going to hear the clues. Okay. So the whoever goes second will have the advantage of having both clues. Okay. But, I'll, go, I'll go second. But there will, if, if the if you still don't get it, there will be a, there will be a total of three clues for each one. Okay. I'll go second. Right. I'd like to play Uno reverse and make uh, and make it. I can go first. <laughs> you will. You will alternate. We'll just. So we'll start with you, Will. We'll start with you. Uh, we'll see. I don't. I honestly don't know. You know, I made these up. This game might be really easy or really hard. <laughs> I don't know. These are all terms relating to board games. One word only. Will your first clue is hold. Texas Hold'em. You're the it will only be one word, the answer. Oh. <laughs> I'll allow you one reguess. <laughs> poker? No, it is not poker. All right. Ivan, your clue is cards. Oh, I don't know if it's one word or not. Blackjack? I think that would count, but no. Okay. The answer is not blackjack. So we're going back to Will. So far, first two clues were hold cards. Will, third clue is limit. Hand? Yes, the answer is hand. Oh, we're going real basic. Okay. <laughs> real basic, applicable. Uh, these are not games. I, I, you know, In fact, I should have said that at the start. None of these okay. are games. They uh, are game-related terms. Oh, I thought it was last names of people on this podcast. <laughs> That's <laughs> not, not exactly. Um, so... Close. First one was hand. All right. That's okay. Will, you did get it. So you're on the board with one. My point next guess was going to be uh, sleeves. Mm. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. All right. Uh, so that means Ivan is going first for this okay. one. Although it didn't. Uh, actually, no, that, Will won and went first last time. So maybe it'll work out for you. Your first clue is mode. Hmm. Mode. Oh, I don't know. Uh player this is not player will your your clue is alternate solo it is not solo <laughs> back to you ivan the final clue is house 
roll? No. Will, do you have any final guess from that? Can I hear the, them again? Mode alternate house. <laughs> Mode alternate house. God, rule sounds really good for that. Um, God. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. You can. You I can can't pass. think of a one word. No, I'm passing. The, the word I was going for there was variant. Mm. Uh, variant I like that. I like that. Rule set. So, uh, so Will the thing still is, in my head was like player count, but I'm like, that's two words. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the tricky part. All right, next next one. This time, Will is starting again. First clue is person. Place? <laughs> no. Uh, player. <laughs> Not player. Ivan. Now your clue. Small. Meeple. You got it. It's me. Hey. <laughs> All right. So now you're both uh, tied up. Here's your next one. Uh, this one's Ivan starting now. Yes. Yes. Ivan, your clue is permanent. Marker. <laughs> I love I love the the enthusiasm, but no, not marker. Will time for your clue. Campaign. Legacy. Legacy, that's correct. Mm. Yeah, that, was, that was one there for you. All right. Uh, now, Will, starting again, your first clue is peace. Um, uh, oh, sh- Meeple's already been used. Uh, peace. Component? Not component. Not component. Mm. Mm. Good answer. Good answer. Ivan, <laughs> your, clue, your, your clue is... And I'm going to say this, I'm going to try to enunciate this one. Chit. C-H-I-T. Chit. Okay, just so want to be clear a, about that. It's a family podcast. I, I don't want to get flagged. <laughs> uh, ooh. Chip. With a P. <laughs> no. No, no. It is not chip. Which means, well, your final clue. Here it comes. Pog. Uh, peace chit pog <laughs> still can't say that uh, i mean uh, components is still uh <laughs> um Ooh, i think i know what it is if if you don't get it will ivan will get the chance to steal oh god uh i'll go with this is not right but i i literally have nothing dice Good guess, but no. Ivan, what do you think? You got read it? me, read me the three uh, clues again. <laughs> Peace, chit, pog. Token. It is token. That's what I oh was my looking God. for. Uh, which means it's a tie because I, I didn't come up with any more. So you guys uh, both get uh, two points of peace. You're both really good at password. Well, obviously, uh, I think, well, Ivan, the only yeah. way we can settle this is to just have a battle to the death. And by that, I mean just a cooking battle. I think that's got to be the only way we can settle this. It's okay. to the death though. <laughs> oh yeah. Because it's, cook- yeah, it's so, it has to be so fattening. It heart attack. It's um, it, you're making, they're making that like blowfish where if you eat it wrong, you die. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I was just thinking like oh. a pastry with like 10 sticks of butter in it. What is a, uh, what is the definition of chit? I think it just means like peace. It's like it's hmm. people will use it like the little like as a synonym for components, little chits in the hmm. game. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I call my children. Anyway, it is time for us to go. Ivan, you've been a great help. You earned some experience points along the way. 
as usual, tell everybody uh, how they can follow you somewhere else on the internet. Oh, so I'm uh, with the snow and all that. I, I'm reworking my two YouTube channels. So I would really appreciate people going to see um, the snack guy. Um, there's no official link to that because, or no official URL because I don't have a hundred subscribers yet. So if you would help me out with that, help them and out. My secondary YouTube channel called destination relax is a nature video relaxation channel where you can go watch 20 minute videos of nature and relax with some cool music. We will put links to those channels in the description, plus your social medias and all that stuff. Also, uh, I have a new RPG coming out. Mm -hmm. It's called Drakes and Deep Holes. <laughs> oh, I assume, is it going to be a zine? Yep, it's going to be a zine. Look for Drakes and Deep Holes coming to a uh, Kickstarter near you. I can't wait till Netflix picks it up for an animated series. <laughs> if you want more Roll for Crit and you're listening, you can find links to our YouTube content, live streams, merch, and other stuff at our website, rollforcrit.com. Uh, you can support us on Patreon, uh, join our Discord server by doing that, or get our weekly bonus audio expansion podcasts. You can rate and review us on iTunes. You can also submit questions or comments, or maybe you have an adventure you'd like to see Roland go on. Email them to us at meeplegallery at gmail.com. Otherwise, that's the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening. And if you are stuck in a loop on this day and you have to listen to this episode again and again i apologize for the repetition well uh, hopefully you've used this time to play enough games to become really a master at all things tabletop yeah there you go plus and also you know happy lunar new year i'm jonathan i'm will and this is roll for crit <laughs>